This is a STEAM Channel program on UCTV. Go full STEAM ahead at uctv.tv slash STEAM, where science, technology, engineering, arts, and math converge. Put your energy where you want to go, and forget about where you don't want to go. Forget about what you don't want to hear, and if you listen to yourself, you'll find you talk a lot to yourself and usually you talk about what are other people thinking of me what if I fail at doing this you know what are people gonna think oh well if I don't do well on this test what's gonna happen to me and all that and principle number two is forget all that crap I know both of the presenters today, Fernando Aguirre and John Gartman, they're both similar and, and, and very different people. John, who will follow uh, Fernando, will talk about creativity and kind of a four-part way that you can take creativity, become much more than you might think you are, and maybe step into great jobs or something uh, you know, above that in some ways, entrepreneurship, your own company. He is able to facilitate very creative people from Nobel Prize winners to kids your age to bring out, let's say, the best and the most interesting things, taking an idea onto, onto industry. This is Peru, northern Peru, South America. It's a place high in the mountains, 9,000 feet up, Coilap. Around 500 A.D., there was a civilization that predated the Incas called the Chochapoya, and they created Cuelap. It's quite a cool place. It's very advanced. They had dwellings. They had an observatory. And they had one little building in particular that was very interesting. It's shaped kind of like a, a tulip bulb. And there's a little hole up in the roof. You go in the side door. And when the sun is in the right spot on a certain day of the year, it shines a light in the corner on a particular item there that tells them when it is that they should plant their crops. They were very advanced. And one of the set of hieroglyphics that you find at Quaylap is about creativity and inspiration Maybe it's about leadership. They're not exactly sure what it's about, but it's about those things. A story about innovation, creativity, leadership, vision. And the story on the hieroglyphics goes something like this. The gods were in existence, and man was there, and the gods were playing around, and they created creativity or innovation or leadership. And they thought... This is really cool. We love this, but we're a little bit afraid. What if the humans find this? I mean, then we're in real trouble because maybe they won't need us. And so they started to, to, to search for a place to hide it. And so one of them was like, uh, you know, all right, how about let's go to the top of the, of the highest mountain and we'll hide it under this big rock that I know. And they thought about it a while and argued about it a while. And one of them said, no, 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 no. You know, they, they don't know about that now, but they will. They'll find it. 
And another one said, well, okay, uh, how about we put it up in the clouds? Really high. They'll never find it there. They argued a while, and then one of them said, well, we're not really sure about that either, because maybe, you know, then maybe they'll get on a big bird, or maybe they'll generate some machine that can help them get up there. We're not super confident about that. No, no, that's not going to work. And another one of them said, well, let's put it at the bottom of the ocean. They will never, ever, ever in a million years find it there. But another one said, well, you know, but they might. Uh, We just can't trust that they won't someday come up with some way to figure out how to find creativity down there. And so they argued a little bit more, and they fought a little bit more, and then one of them said, I got it. I got it. Let's take it. Let's make it really small. Let's give it a very tiny voice that you really can't hear unless you're totally quiet. And let's put it inside every one of them. They will never, ever find it there. And, you know, that's, that's what I believe about creativity. That it is inside every single one of us. And the question is how to get it out. You know, but, but what I'm saying sort of clashes with pop culture, right? You know, everybody says, well, creativity. You got it or you don't. Leadership, yeah, you got it or you don't. Charisma, yeah, you got it or you don't. You can't really learn that stuff, can you? And the answer is, yeah, you can. You can. Anybody know this guy? Yeah, you know, you know who he is. But what you probably don't know is he almost didn't make his high school basketball team when he was a sophomore because they didn't think he had it. He developed it, I think, right? How about this guy? You know him? Well, he worked at Apple Computer for a while. We all know that, but we don't probably remember the first time he worked at Apple Computer because they fired him because he was a really crappy executive. We don't get out of here, Jobs. We don't want you. We need somebody that knows what they're doing. So he went on. He formed a couple more businesses. You know, he learned leadership. He learned what he needed to do, and he came back, and the rest is history. This lady here, well, you know, she was, she was unfit for TV, they told her. She'd never make it. Well, the rest is history. So what I'm going to talk about today is creativity, innovation, leadership, all those things that they say you've either got or you don't. And I'm going to tell you that they are able to be learned. And I'm going to share with you four very specific things that you can do to get out the thing that is in here that the Chochapoya has talked about in Quela. It's human technology. It's available to all of us, and it's not limited to business. It's not limited to sports. It applies to anything you want to be really good at, whether it's relationships, being a good father, being a good friend, whatever. So let's get going. What is the one thing, the first thing that you need? Well, this is, this is not it. There's no Merlin. There's no magic behind this. The very first thing you need to do, follow your heart. And it sounds really simple, you know, it sounds kind of goofy, right? Follow your heart. Uh, but the truth of the matter is most of us don't. 
We don't know how to listen. Our minds are so busy. All we hear is what other people think of us. And we hear what our father wants us to do or what our, you know, our professor wants us to do or what our boss wants us to do. And the bottom line is you need to sit and figure out who you are. Who are you? Who are you? You're totally unique. You've never been here before in the history of this planet. Who are you? What turns you on? And that is what will make you creative. That's what will make you creative. It sounds funny, but it's not. What will make you creative is figuring out why you're here. And if you figure out why you are here then you will, I'll show you, you'll be good at it. But if you're spending your life doing something else, if you're spending your life chasing money, which won't make you whole, I've made a lot of it, and it never made me whole. Money won't make you whole, won't make you whole to follow your your parents' dreams. What'll make you whole is what you're here for. If you learn to follow that, then you've got it. And we got this on pretty good authority, too. So here's a little quote from Einstein, which I read, the first time I read it, I was like, what's he talking about? But I think it's actually a pretty good quote. And he said, everyone is a genius. But if you judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree, it'll lead its whole life thinking it's stupid. Okay? So if you figure out that you're a fish, be a fish. Don't climb a tree. Don't listen to somebody else's view of what you ought to be Listen to your view of what you ought to be and follow your passion. I'll tell you a little story about Steve Jobs, the Apple guy. I love this story. So when Steve Jobs was, Steve Jobs was born and his mother was young and she actually gave him away to, uh, to adoptive parents and she made the adoptive parents promise that when he grew up, um, they would send him to college. And so he went to a place called Reed College. It was almost as expensive as Stanford. And he realized after about six months that he didn't know what he wanted to do and he wasn't really interested in anything. And he was spending all of his parents, you know, basically savings. And so he quit. And that is the sum total of his college experience. It's six months. But he didn't stop going to classes. He walked around on campus. He noticed that they had a lot of calligraphy on the walls of this campus. That's the, you know, the cursive, the fonts, the stuff that you use the ink to make the really cool figures. And, you know, he thought it was totally useless commercially. He was never going to make any money using this stuff, but he actually really enjoyed it. And so he started studying calligraphy. And, you know, he became an expert at it. He mastered it. He became artistic at it. And, you know, he figured, what the heck? That's kind of useless. I'll move on. He went and he did business and so on and so forth. One day he found an Apple computer. And an Apple computer, what he learned was that computers were ugly. And they were socially unacceptable because the fonts and the letters on the computers look like crap. And so what he did was he said, huh, you know, I know calligraphy. I know how closely the characters should be spaced. I know what's beautiful to people, and I don't. And that's what made Apple Computer successful. It was copied by Microsoft and everybody else. And here's an example where he followed his heart. And the funny thing is, I got to say this with all honesty, having looked at creative people all my life, your heart is a lot 
smarter than your mind. You may not know where it's going. You may not understand why it's going there. And it might take you 20 years to figure it out. But you've got to trust it. It's the best thing you've got going. So if your heart is telling you you've got to do something, you do it. Follow your heart. It's smarter than your mind. And as a matter of fact, your mind is actually a, I believe it's a very small part of your intelligence. It's a very small part of your intelligence. And there's a lot of stuff that you know that you probably don't think a whole lot about. And I'll tell you one little quick story about me and then I'll move on to the second point. Once I was playing around with this computer program. It was very cool. It was designed to help my vision for sports. And so you, you basically, it would show you things on a screen and you're, you're supposed to click whenever you saw something and then tell the computer like where it was. I saw it. It's, oh, it's up here in this quadrant over here or it's down over here and it, and it got faster and faster and faster so you were supposed to improve your vision by following all these things around on the screen. And so I was doing this and I was getting a lot better at it. And then one time I noticed, I noticed that like, you know, when I actually don't pay attention to where it is, I actually know where it is better than when I look. And for a while, I was like, mm, yeah, I'm in, yeah, I'm California, okay, but that's, that's a little too much, right? And then, I, so I started, I started to actually consciously just kind of zone out, not look at where these things were showing up on the screen, and just say, you know what, I feel like it's, I feel like it was over there. And 95% of the time, I was right, and I was far faster at doing this than when I used my mind and my eyes to try to track it. And that was a really good lesson for me about intelligence and what's going on out there. And so lesson number one, again, is to follow your heart. It knows where to go. The second one is look where you want to go. And I want to start this one by telling you a story about my kid I was learning how to ride a bike. And when he was maybe, you know, three or whatever it was, I, I put him on a bike, I took him out to a park, and I said, all right, here, here's the deal. I put you on this hill, there's hardly anything here, you know, you're going to roll down the hill, you're going to fall over eventually, don't worry about it. Uh, just one thing, don't hit that tree. Um, there was only like one tree, okay? And, you know, the first time he did it, uh, kawam, you know, <laughs> right onto the tree, and I'm like, Come on, get real. I mean, I, like I told you not to hit the tree. That's the only thing you need to focus on is not hitting this tree. So I said, do it again. Come on, Jack. Let's, let's get on with the program. So, you know, second time he runs down, kawam, he hits the tree. And I'm like, okay, well, my technique's not the best here. So, all right, let's, let's, let's think about this. And I said, oh, all right, Jack, here's the deal. You see, you know, you see up on the hill over there, there's a rock on the hill over there. I want you to focus on that. Now, forget that there's a tree in this park, okay? Uh, just erase that from your mind. All I care about is you going over there and aiming for that rock. Went right by the tree, you know, came within about a foot of it, missed it, never, ever, ever hit the tree. And that taught me a really good lesson which I bet 95% of us hardly ever follow, which is put your energy where you want to go. Follow your heart, put your energy where you want to go, and forget about where you don't want to go. Forget about what you don't want to hear. And, you know, there's a lot of mental chatter. If you listen to yourself, you'll find you talk 
a lot to yourself. And usually you talk about what are other people thinking of me? What if I fail at doing this? You know, what are people going to think? Oh, well, if I don't do well on this test, what's going to happen to me and all that. And principle number two is forget all that crap. Look where you want to go. Focus on where you want to be and let it take you there. Now I'm going to tell you something that I think you ought to listen to. Maybe there are a lot of things that I say today that are not, maybe they're not worthy of being heard. So I'd like you all to get quiet for just a second. And I'm going to tell you something that's very important. And there aren't very many people that know about this. And it's this. If you ask the universe a question, it will give you the answer. And if you ask it in the right tone, it will give you the answer and the tone that you asked. It may not sound like much yet, but let's explore that. If you ask the universe, why am I so good at math? What you will find is all of a sudden things start happening to you where you are doing the things that will cause you to become good at math. Because you are asking the question, why am I good at math? Why can't I hit the left? Why can I hit the left-footed shot at soccer even though I'm right-footed? Why am I so good at that? Well, you can be really lousy at it, but if you keep asking yourself that question, all of a sudden you're going ideas are going to come out of you. The creativity is going to come out of you. And you're going to say to yourself, well, I'm really good at it because I practice it every day. And I'm really good at it because I've really concentrated on pulling my foot back so that I have the same amount of power and the same sweep as I do with my right foot. And I'm really good at it because I went to my coach and I said, coach, look at me. You know, how can I be better at the left-footed shot? And I'm really good because I don't only practice on weekdays. I practice it on weekends. And this is the power of understanding that if you ask the universe the question, it will give you the answer, and it will give you the answer that you want. And if, you know, it's also dangerous. Because if you say, why am I a lousy father? You know, why am I not a better father? You know, what happens is all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. Well, you're not a better father because you don't have, you know, you know your job requires you to be away on, you know, on travel all the time. And you're not a better father because your father wasn't a really good father. And so you really didn't get good modeling. And all this crap will come out, which will cause you to be a lesser father than you would have been, frankly, that it, if you ask the question, why is it a, that I'm such a great father? Or why is it that I'm a better father this year than I was last year? And so that's a very powerful principle. That if you ask the question, it needs to be a sensible question, and it needs to be the right question you will get the answer. And frankly, it's not that hard. You don't have to work at it. You, you, you can ask the question and go sleep. And in the shower the next morning, there it is. There will be the answer. And I know it sounds stupid. Try it. This has been tested for 20 years by me. It is an absolute universal truth. Use it. And that comes to another deeper layer of the question, which is the universe works like this. If you put your focus on something, then the universe gives it back to you magnified. If you put positive energy 
out, you get positive energy back. If you come in with an attitude out, you're going to attract people who give you an attitude back. Try it. You'll see that's the way the universe works. This is another way of saying it. Life's an echo. You know, you, you've, you've heard the expressions, they go back to the Bible, they go before. You know, you reap what you sow. Give, you know, what you give is as you receive. And so on and so forth. So, so that's principle number two. Principle number three is what I call accelerated artistry. I raised this one because what I'm going to do is show you how to get good at something really fast. And maybe so good that you can become artistic at it, which is yet another level. How do you do it? And I'm like, why am I talking about it? Because if you're following your heart and you're pointing in the right direction, you're already going to get good fast at what you want to do. But there are certain things that you've got to do in life sometimes that you don't really want to do, right? Maybe your goal is to be a doctor. It's not my goal, but maybe your goal was to be a doctor. Well, you know, you're probably going to have to take organic chemistry. Maybe you don't want to take organic chemistry, but there's no way out of it. You know, how do you become good at it? And what I'm going to show you is, a, is basically a six-step technique here. In visuals, it's really easy to get for how to get good at something really quick. And it works like this. Number one, you've got to figure out where you're going. Choose your target. What is it that you want to be good at? All right? Step number two. Step number two is simple. Don't reinvent the wheel. If you want to get really good at something, find somebody who's really good at it and copy them. It's not rocket science, so mimic a pro. How do you do this? Find a coach, get on the internet, watch how somebody else does something, figure out why they work, and try to copy what they do. This will move you very far, very fast. What do you do next? Well, you know, you're not going to be perfect, right? Even if you copy a pro, you're not going to get the same results. You're not going to be instantly great. Even when you shoot the arrows, they're going to miss the target for a while, right? So watch what you're doing. Look at your results. Look at what you're doing wrong. Make course corrections. Correct what's happening. And make adjustments. Then practice. Practice over and over again, and you'll get closer and closer and closer and closer to the target. Eventually, eventually you'll master it. And this, I think, is, is an important point about creativity, that this is, this is where things get interesting. Because when you find people who are really superb at something, it's usually the step, the next step on the next slide that has made them really fantastic at what they do. And what happens when you master something? When you master something, it's become automatic. You don't have to think about it. Your brain doesn't need to focus on it anymore, right? And in fact, what happens if you study sleep, you'll find that if you master something and it is, has become habitual, that actually part of this process of sleep is that it is taking your habits and it is programming them into your head 
so that you don't need, it happens in the first three hours of sleep. And what's happening is it's programming them into your head so that you don't actually need to spend your concentration powers on them because they are automatic. So what happens next is you can do this thing, but you don't need to think about it, right? You ever heard of athletes being in the zone? You ever heard of, you know, you ever seen people who are, are, you know, dancers or whatever, and they're like, they just, they're like unbelievable, and it's because they've gotten to this point of mastery, and they have passed it. They're able to do the thing, but they don't need to think about it anymore, and then all of a sudden their mind is there, and their mind is able to see so much more in the game. That's when they become really amazing. If you're a basketball player and you've gotten to the point where you can, you know, do crossovers and you're a, you're a masterful dribbler and you're a masterful shooter and you don't need to look at the ball when you dribble anymore and all that, all of a sudden you start to see the entire floor because you're, you, don't need to, you don't need to worry about all this stuff, right? Because that's automatic. That's programmed in. And all of a sudden you get to the point where you can be artistic at the game. And this works for everything. It works for absolutely everything. So after you've made it a habit, then you become artistic at it. And this is just, this is, you know, this is really simple, guys. It's really simple. You can do this for anything. For anything. You want to become a better swimmer? Yeah, sure. You want to become better at relationships? Do you know, you know, friends of yours who are actually, you know, pretty good at relationships? You know, all yours are going sour. You know, find somebody who's good at it. Start copying what they're doing. Pay attention to the results. Practice it a little bit to the point where it gets to the point where you're really creative at it. And then take a breather and figure out, like, what can I add on top of it now? That's the artistry. Okay, last point. And that is embrace failure. And so the first thing to know about failure is that failure is just one of the steps on the ladder of success. Without failure, you're going nowhere. Don't be afraid of it. Embrace it because it is your greatest teacher. And your enemies are your greatest teachers. Now, that's not just in sports. If there's somebody in school who really pisses you off, I suggest to you, you got a lot to learn from that person because they're able to push your buttons in a way where you're underdeveloped. You know, somebody can make you really mad. It tells you more about you than it tells you about them. It tells you you've got work to do on yourself. And so you should look at these people not as enemies, but as messengers. They're messengers bringing you the ability to make yourself better, to invent yourself better.